Jesus. Here's my baby boy. <laughs> we work together, he and I. He works with me and I do most of the work. <laughs> but I'm trying to train him up to be different than that. Where he, he start taking his share of the work. But I asked him to come up here. He's one of our section leaders in the work in Mexico. So I asked him to come up here and uh, share something. You can right now, be fine. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. No, Hector's right. Holy Ghost is here tonight. Most of the time, in our services, we've been blessed. Most of our areas, if you go to a service, God shows up like this. That's right. The funny thing. We've probably had thousands of services now where God will show up to where we can't even function. In a lot of our places, there are certain villages we go to, we tell them, no, we ain't singing first. We are preaching first. Because there's a few of us in our ministry, several of us, getting to be more now, that if we start singing and worshiping Jesus, God just takes us away. You be singing along, clapping, everything's fine. All of a sudden, God knocks you in the back of the head and you wake up two hours later. And that's funny, except you're the one supposed to be preaching. So, the brothers have now figured out most of them will let us preach first. Because if we let God move the way He wants to, he just takes over. And that's, that's a right. good thing. But He also wants us to preach the Word of God to the unbelievers and to the believers. And so we preach the Gospel first. And we... I don't know. We've just been having some good things. But every time we go into the presence of Jesus, it's not like, oh, I've already been here before. It's I'm appreciative that God visited us again. We can't wait for Him to come back where we can live in this presence. That's right. And that's what we're waiting for. We're praying every day that God just settles in on us, on our work, on, on the people that we are trying to reach, and to where He don't leave. So we get that glowing like He was preaching about yesterday. To where our faces are just glowing and people just... They'll just cast you out because they don't know what to do with you. <laughs> We've got a village right now the verse come to my mind earlier, they asked me to share a little bit. Jesus said a parable or a story or something, it's true, how the Master sent the servants to get the people who He had invited to the feast. Those people don't want to come. If you're one of those people, don't worry, God's got somebody else waiting in line. If you don't want what God has for you, God will pick somebody else and give it to them. If you want to leave here like you came, that's fine. But God is not going to be happy. He said, go out and find the lame, the blind, and the halt to replace those people. The people who are insignificant, who have no way, no possibility, have no education. Well, it seems like God's starting to choose these people. We went into this village back when I was a little kid. They started a church in Tenantitla. And the devil robbed it from us. Religion, witchcraft, persecution, it just kind of went away for about five years. We've been trying to get back in there, nothing, nothing. Finally, this man 
said, all right, I'll get saved. He gets saved. It's just him and his family. All of a sudden, another family gets saved. And another one. We come across these, this family that had been under the spell or witchcraft or something for almost 20 years. One of their daughters, there's two daughters, one of them blind, and the other one, from the time that she was five years old, she would not leave the house. She, she got to where she was so bound up in fear and just this witchcraft, she couldn't even walk. She would not leave the house. They couldn't carry her out of the house. So we went in there, the guy got saved, and they asked us to come pray for their daughters, and they, they look, they're so afraid of us, they think we're the devil. And we go and they let us pray for them anyway, and God heals them. Thank you, Jesus. The one girl walks, the, the one that was for, for four, 13 years, she couldn't leave the house, she was just bound up. There was nothing wrong with her really physically. It was the devil. And they had her so bound up, she couldn't even function. And now she walks her own self to church. And that is probably a quarter of a mile away. And for her, that's about us walking from here to Houston or something. <laughs> but she's going, she's doing better. She's not totally healed yet, but God is working with her. She is able to go to church on her own, and she wants to. Amen. The girl, the other one, was completely blind. She could not even see anything. It was just complete black. And now she can see light, and she sees shapes enough to where she can walk to church. So God's doing a miracle there. When that happened, all of a sudden the townspeople who had said nothing against our brother so far said, oh, y'all are a bunch of witch doctors. Y'all are doing witchcraft, and that's why these people are getting saved. These Americans coming in here are, are Satanists. That's what they claim we are. And the whole lot of them are. That's what this whole village is founded on, is witchcraft and murderers. This place is way out in there. You don't want to go there. And so the, the sisters were at the creek one day and they're all washing. And this lady stood up and said, y'all are, y'all are just into witchcraft and Satanism and y'all are inviting the devil into our village and we're going to have to do something about it. And this other lady stood up, this unbelieving lady stood up and says, the one who is in witchcraft is the one who's speaking about it. When has your God ever healed these people? What, is our, what has our faith done for us? These people are healed now because they accepted Jesus. This lady is not even saved and she sees the power of God. And that, you know, that was the end of that conversation. And then the, our pastor there, this brother, he's... Like Dad said, this guy does most of the work. I carry this guy around to churches and he does all the work, basically. Brother Milo. He's about 70-something years old. He can walk any of us into the ground. There's not a day goes by that I don't go with him somewhere that he don't tell me he got up, that God woke him up 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and he prayed until daylight. Every day I go see him. He's like, yeah, I tried to sleep, but I woke up, and so I went out in my field and prayed, and God told me this, and he's just always... He found this lame guy. This just happened. Just, I don't know, last week or something. This guy has these sores or something on his feet, and for two years he hasn't been able to walk. The other day, we were in, a, in the campaign he was talking about while the people got saved a couple of days ago. This man comes up for prayer. Brother Milo says, yeah, this guy couldn't walk. He walked from the truck to the church. He walked 
over an hour. It takes me almost an hour and a half to get to where the truck picked him up. This guy that two weeks ago couldn't walk, walked himself to church. Thank you, Lord. The brother said, oh, he's still got a little pain. We'd like to pray that God heal him. Well, that's what y'all get to do. <laughs> you know, he's already healed. But we just get to pray to get rid of the rest of the pain. Another girl, about two months ago, they came in there. They invited him in. This girl couldn't walk. And he said, how long has it been? They said, it's been ten and a half months. And I don't know what had happened to her, but she lost all kind of weight. and She's just down. She couldn't walk. He said, what have you tried? They said, oh, we've tried everything. Witch doctors, doctors, the whole nine yards. The spiritual healers, the everything. They even went to the, to the priest and he couldn't do anything. He said, if my God is real, before the year is fulfilled, she'll be walking. And if not, I'll pay for her whatever y'all want to do. We'll pay for you to take her back to the witch doctor. She's walking. Two weeks. We didn't have to wait for the year to fulfill. It was only two weeks. She's only been sick 11 months. God healed her. She don't have her strength all the way back yet. We're still working on that. The fact is, she's healed. She can walk. She gets out of the house. She can do her work around the house, which is very important down there. Down there, it ain't one person working. The whole family works. And when somebody can't, that really messes them up. Because they got to have everybody working to sustain the family. So these brothers down there, they're just on fire for Jesus. Amen. God wants you on fire for Jesus. God wants you to be touched like that. God's calling the blind and the lame and the halt right now. He wants us to go into the highways and byways and compel the lost to come in. Jesus, it says right there, Jesus said, I didn't come to save the righteous. I came to save the sinners. Just the other day, we were on that trip we just went on. We drove through an area. I don't know how big it is. Probably 50 miles by 100 miles. Maybe bigger. Where we could just see village after village where there's no roads, there's no electricity, no running water. There's really, we could hardly see any way for us to get there. Much less somebody that don't care. And we care about these people. We don't see a way, I mean, there was only one, one of the villages we could see one trail going to it. And we're estimating, because it is a canyon, it was probably, what is it, 1,500 feet down, 2,000? 2,000. I mean, we're looking down at the creek like this. And then that same climb back up, and then that's where the village is level with us. It would take me four or five hours from where we were, which was six hours from the house. So from my house, we're looking at an 11-hour trip to get to this place. There's no gospel there. The whole way, the other day, we're just passing out tracks, looking out the window, and just God was dealing with each one of us that we ain't doing enough. We're out there. We're, we work 25 hours a day. Like, we work nine days a week. And God tells us all the time, you are lazy, you are not doing anything. He comes to our brothers in visions and tells us to get off of our rears. Get up, what are you doing? The time is at hand. And that's people that are, I mean, that's Brother Edmilo. His only concern in life is that he's going to die soon and there's nobody that's working in the Gospel. That he hasn't reached these other villages that need Jesus. 
that he hasn't been able to witness to each and every family in the communities that surround where he lives. <laughs> the guy would rather starve to death than he had to see somebody go to hell. Jesus wants us all to be that way. If you can't be that way, you might as well quit. If we're not going to obey Jesus 100%, we might as well go with the devil. That's right. Because it ain't worth just coming to church. We've tried that for too long. For a long time, I was, I grew up down on the mission field. I go to the villages. I preach. I thought that was enough. I go to the house. Now God's pulling me out there to these places where I don't want to go. These places are hard. I don't want to go. I'm used to it. I don't want to go out there. But God's pulling us out there. Pulling us out there. So if you're going to be serving Jesus, think about it. We have a lot of people tell us, and they, you know, especially because we're outgoing, we're missionaries. Well, brother, I'm not going, but I'll send you. But if you look at their life, really, really, they're not sending anybody. They're not helping in any way, shape, fashion, or form to spread the gospel. You may send a little money once in a while. That's not what God wants. He wants you. Our brother down there, Brother Milo, lives, breathes. He sleeps in the gospel. He can't even read. Just this year, he's starting to be able to read. He's got a real big print Bible we just gave him. and He's starting to be able to read. He said, I'm going to learn how to read before I die so I can preach out of my Bible. <laughs> that way he won't even need me for anything. <laughs> he just goes. He goes, he goes. And there, we got another brother, Martin. For many years, he was a really faithful brother. But all of a sudden, God touched him last November. Last November, we had our conference down there. And I'm scared to be around him now. Because when he gets up to pray, he looks like an angel. <laughs> he speaks to people. He went to a village the other day. He told me he fasted for seven days. He said, I'm going to this village. He said, they're very religious. They hate us. He went there. He passed tracks out in every single home in that town. And every single one of them. Either threw them on the ground, threw them back at him, or burned them. And told him, don't ever come back or we're going to kill you. He said, I'll be back two weeks. I'm coming back. And he's going. This is the kind of fervency that we need. This is what causes the lame people to get up. That's right. This is what causes the blinded eyes to be opened. That's right. And this is what we have to do if we want to see the gospel proclaimed where Jesus wants it to be. Holy Ghost. Jesus' name. <clears throat> I don't take any credit for what God's doing with them young men. I was just somebody there that told them they could do it. God's the one that showed them how. God's the one teaching them. I can't at least stand there and tell them they could do it, you know? Isn't that right? <laughs> Man, I like it. I like to, because I like to go out there with them. I've spent the last few days with these guys quite a bit out in the mountain. And the whole time I'm telling them, when you was in diapers, I was out here doing this. You was in diapers. Yeah, I was out here doing this. There wasn't any road to ride on them days. Now look how nice you got it. You got it in the truck. I had to walk. But I came anyway. And I preached the gospel. People got saved. Now I've got to send them to do the same thing. Because I found the tractors. 
I found where the work's at. I know where the other side of the tractors are. The ones that are building the highways. I found the other side. And that's where we're going. Out where me and other people won't go. All right. First day, does anybody remember what we talked about? Exodus 32. Make us gods. Is that what we talked about the first morning? Yesterday morning? Make us gods. That's what everybody said. You know, the problem with making us gods is they don't work. Your gods are not working for you. I'm here to tear them down. I'm here to tear them apart. Break them to pieces. That's what God sent me here to do. Take away your gods from you. So we can serve the one and true God. Jesus. Isn't that right? That's in uh, Exodus 32.1. I'm just going to give a little run overview real quick here. Because I want to go somewhere. I was laying down here a while ago praying. A couple hours before y'all got here, we was praying. And I, I just wanted, I really want God to talk to us. And God added a couple of things here. I'm going to read these verses kind of quickly so we can get it in. But I, I, I really want you to see God's plan for us is not to serve graven images. It's not. It's not, it's not, it's not. Whether it's a woman, a man, a clothes, a, a society, a government, it's not the will of God to make, a, make other gods. And in verse 6 it says that they offered sacrifice and peace offerings and so forth. The people got to sit down to, to, to put a fiesta. Then they rose up to play. Verse 7, they corrupted themselves. This is what's going on. This is a little story that's happening. Then verse 17, it really has me bugged. Y'all know that I've been really on this. There is a noise of war in the camp. But it is not the noise of war against the devil. It's the noise of getting along with the devil. It's the playing with the devil. It's the compromising to his schemes and plans, which are against God's schemes and plans. It won't work. How do you get these people blind and lame walking? How do you get them walking? How do we do that? Because we hate evil. That's how. You know what else? We're fearless. <laughs> we stand up here, we talk a lot. But if you can get in our atmosphere, where we live, where we work, and you watch the demon manifest, you'd see that God has put fearlessness in us and courage to stand against the devil. Regardless of the cost. And we pay. There's been two Americans killed down there. There's been twelve nationals killed down there. We pay. We've got martyrs. And that's up. And we're wanting to pay again. We will. We will pay some more. Because the devil's a liar, that's why. There is a noise of war in the camp. And verse 18 says, It's not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice for them that cry of being overcome. 
but it's the noise of them that are singing that I do hear. Go oh boy, and when Moses got down in verse 19, his anger waxed hot, and he pulled that calf off that thing and broke it all to pieces. Tore that gold up. Killed it. If that thing was a god, it should have hooked him and horned him and took care of him, but it wasn't a god. It was just a piece of metal. I tell you, that's all it is. Man, man, man. And, and where we stopped at yesterday morning was verse 26. Who is on the Lord's side? And I'll tell you what, some of y'all stood up here and y'all made a decision in your heart to stand on the Lord's side. And I'm very proud of that. I, I bless His name. My job, my job is to put people to decision. I was taught by some of the greatest men there is. Till Osborne, Jimmy Swaggart. Those great men taught me, Kenneth Copeland, they taught me how to make people make decisions. Every time I talk to you, I need to bring you to a decision. And you either reject it or accept it. But it shouldn't be a compromised situation where you don't know what you, what you were supposed to do when you walk out of here. You should know what you're supposed to do. Whether you took it or not is your business. But you at least know. And that's it. Here's what happens. When I do this, it invokes demons to come. I'll tell you, they come. Some people in here got hit with sicknesses last night. I myself was up at 2 or 3 in the morning fighting. Hey, what's this? Come on with it! <laughs> hey, the other night, my wife, bless her heart, I ought to make her come and give her version of this. <laughs> Man, it scared her so bad. Because she was there asleep. She, sleep, she is blessed with the gift of sleep. She is. She really is. A, and I personally know that's a blessing. Because I I'm not blessed with the gift of sleep. You know, some people's wives are what they call got a gift of gab. Well, that's, that's Jezebel. Oh, that is. Uh, my, we don't have that in my house. Thank you, God. But we do have a woman that has a gift of sleep. She can sleep and rest. And I'm so jealous of her. I'll just lay awake sometimes watching her sleep. <laughs> me, I, I, if I'm laying there sleeping, you come in and look at me, I wake up and say, what do you want? Is that not true? And if you get close enough, I got you without asking. Isn't that right, Brother Greg? <laughs> the other night, we was all in one room. I don't know how many it was, four or five of us. was in a room sleeping together in there. So it was all preaching the next day in a, in a conference. And uh, I'm laying there. Brother, brother Greg, bless his heart. He, 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 there's a trail there, you know, so he could come and go. He's got to go to the restroom. That ain't no problem. So I'm, I'm laying there asleep. Woo! Wow! <laughs> he said, he said, I got to go to the restroom, man. It's me. That's amazing. <laughs> Isn't it? See, I got different gifts. <laughs> that call, I don't know, uh, very alert is a gift. <laughs> I'm super alert. I can grab you into my sleep in this. But, but anyway, okay, let's get away from there. <laughs> Next thing you know, y'all be trying to cast the devil out of me. You mob me. <laughs> I don't need the devil to cast out of me if it, 
it's the will of God, I'll, I'll be alert. It saved our lives many times out there. But, but, but my wife, what's this? The other day, we, we made all this headway into these new areas. Well, when you do these things, I, I, there's no way, I don't have the time to tell you of all the different times that the principalities come give me a visit. Y'all understand what a principality is? It's a governing and ruling spirit. It's a devil. All right, we're laying there, right? She's sound asleep. Mom, whatever I do, I, uh, it's not really sleeping. It's kind of, kind of halfway alert, sli- awake, and halfway sleeping somewhere in there. Well, this thing came through the wall, and I saw it. Well, it happened to be on her side. Then you can't believe the protection that's in my heart and the love for her. I ain't letting that thing have her. I'll sacrifice me first. But she, she's got to be protected at all costs. I reached and, <laughs> reach, reach and got her with one hand, pick her up, carry her across the room, and sit her down on the floor. Bang. All in one swoop. And there's a machete laying beside my bed. I pick up the machete and jump, and the thing was gone. All right. What lesson is there in this lot? Number one, Ms. Hogan begging for mercy. That's one. <laughs> Isn't that right? Whoa, what's going on here? What? Flying through this. The thing that's going on is it's a blessing. My, our sleep was disturbed. That's not a blessing. You know, she's all nervous and scared and afraid and everything, but uh, all that because she has right to be. That's not a blessing. The blessing is, I get this, this is how I view life. We're seeking God in such a way we're tormenting devils. We're so aggressive in the field, in the, in the actual walking on ground, going out where there's nobody ever preached the gospel, that these principalities, they've got to do something. They've got to come and they've got to shut us down. They've got to come through them walls and get us. They've got to scare us. They've got to... Put us out of, they got to make us hurt ourselves. But the problem is, that's not going to happen. What's going to happen is I'm going to stand up there with my knife and look stupid because it's the Spirit. <laughs> and I do feel stupid about it because, you know, you can't fight a Spirit with a knife, I'm going to tell you. I don't care how big it is. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can put that knife up, put your wife back to bed, and you can go in that office and you want to sit down and say, all right, now let's go for it. You want to do it? Let's do it. I got some. I got plenty for everybody. Let's take it. And let's do it. Because the Holy Ghost in me will take you out. Shouldn't come here and bother me like that. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's because of all these new lands and territories that we're taking for Jesus. There's thousands of people getting born again and hundreds and hundreds of miracles taking place. And you can't do that without a battle. Well, now watch. You can't have these victories serving these golden images either. You got to either be on the Lord's side or you're against it. There is no middle ground. There's no place of compromise where you can live. All of you try. You can't. It's not possible. It is not possible. So who's on the Lord's side? That's what we did that the other day. Then we found out over there in, in uh, 33 7, Exodus. But the tabernacle, old Moses went back, he was mad. And the, the tabernacle was taken outside of the 
outside of the congregation, or outside the camp. And it was called the Tabernacle of Congregation. And if you loved Jesus, and you were on His side, you'd go out there, and you'd worship there. And you'd let the presence of God come on you. And you'd find out a way. You'd, you'd get rid of all the ornaments and all the things, and you'd strip yourself of everything. That's what we did last night. We stripped ourselves last night. Well, today, I'm going to show you why you need to cast down these devils, these idols in your life, and why you need to keep yourself stripped in humility, why you need to walk in the, in the humbleness of the Spirit of God. There's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. And it, it says that over here the, in verse 9, the cloudy, cloudy pillar came down, and Moses and the people, they all saw it. Then in verse 11, there's, a, there's a, something I want to encourage you young people that's in here. I'm real good at helping encouraging young people and getting them started and cranked up, and then I'll back you and stay with you as long as you serve God. I'll stand right there for you. And, man, I'm good at this. But listen to me. You've got to learn how to stay in the tabernacle. Moses learned how to stay on the mountain and win. You gotta learn from the Moseses in your life, the mentors in your life, how to stay in the tabernacle. You have to. If you want to be the next captain of the host, you gotta walk in the power of the gospel. You gotta walk according to the will and testament of the Holy Ghost. You can't walk according to the way and will of this earth here. Cause it's wrong. It's bad wrong. Jesus, Jesus. Then we, find, we saw Moses there, he's asking God for the way. My Lord, it, the man's done done everything there is to do. And he, and he goes to God and says, If I can ask you if I found favor and grace in your sight, I'd like you to show me what the real way is. Now how in the world, after doing all those miracles, do you suppose he's looking for a new and better way? What in the world is it? I'm telling all of you. It don't matter how much and how deep you walk in the Spirit of God, there's always more from heaven. There's always more. You haven't arrived. Uh, Jody, what he was saying a while ago about those services, I forbade it. When I go to service anymore in the villages, I don't rough, rough shot, rough handle anybody. I let these, they, they all section leaders, they work directly with our, our elders and our work. And, and, and I don't ever hardly do anything anymore as far as orders. But now, I, I give them one order. When I get there, we're having service, we're, we're having preaching first, and you can sing afterwards as long as you want to. Because we cannot do what y'all do. Had we sang like we did a while ago in our villages, everybody would be knocked out. But you got to understand here, there's a block here. There's religion. It's in the way. There's people's idea of how it ought to be, and that's not how it is. That is not according to the Word of God. Whenever they came to worship God, they didn't even have any singing. They just worshiped God, and the cloud of God came on them. Telling you, we get ourselves in a rut sometimes. God's looking to give us rest and peace and power. We want His glory. Then we jumped over there in verse 30, in 34, and we looked over there and saw that the cloud descended, and we proclaimed the name of the Lord. Verse 5 of 34. Then you look down there at verse 14, you see why God's so interested in us walking holy and being righteous and being faithful is because He is a jealous God. He will not tolerate people 
not loving him, they call his name. He won't tolerate it. He will not. And then we looked over there and we found Moses. guy was glowing like a light bulb. He didn't even know it. We're so carried away with how we look. You cover up God's presence and glory with makeup. You want to look pretty. The man didn't even, didn't even know he was glowing. He was so close to God. He was so caught up in being with Jesus and being friends with Him that he was just glowing and didn't even know it. <laughs> wow. I've had the great privilege to glow from time to time. I didn't know it either. It's nice to glow. It is. Oh, we're going to do it in this Bible. Turn, turn with me, if you will. Please. To Philippians. I'm going to do it out of this uh, Amplified. Chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. The other day I was up here listening. <laughs> I was up on this mountain because, see, I am at the top of the food chain in our work. All right? I get to set the schedule. I can set anybody's if I want to. Well, mainly I don't anymore. I let them set all that. I just set mine. And I can set myself into easy services. Did you, did you know that? And nobody wouldn't say nothing. But I got this problem with that. It bothers me if I do that. So I take myself and put me up in these mountains as far in there as we go. And it's hard to get to them. So I was laying there those night in this place called Los Ordenos. was going to another place in the morning called Chalawite. And I'm laying there and I'm wondering now, what in the world am I doing out here? I don't have to do this. Because that, that comes on me all the time. I know it comes on y'all. I never do see y'all out there. Y'all submit to it. You say, I ain't got to do that to serve God. You're true. You're right. You don't have to. They can all go to hell. Who cares? They've been doing it for generations. Problem is, now I care. I've got genuine care in me, placed there by the Holy Ghost. And I'm laying there, and I'm waiting for the morning, because you don't sleep, because of all the bugs. Oh, yeah. And other things that walk around on you, and you don't know what they are. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes there's not enough time to be scared. <laughs> and I went out there, and I'm looking at the stars. You're so high up in the mountain, and it's so beautiful. It was just so wonderful, and the animals and different critters are screaming and hollering. And you're just wondering, now, what in the world? There's only 86 or 90,000 people up here. What am I doing when I can go to one town and there's millions, you know? And you can go to Burger King every night. You play video games every other night. And I can still preach. Problem is, those 86 or 90,000 people that's up there would go to hell. And I just, I just have chosen not to be responsible for that. Because I found them. I found them in a pocket over the top of a few mountains. <laughs> and you got to get them. 
And the next day I'm tired. I haven't slept all night. So I get up and I'm, I'm going, you know. And we went to this first house. And uh, the, one of the little babies is sick. So we went there. And we're praying for this little baby. And this guy's name is Tomas. You know, when we found him, he was dying with psoriasis of the liver. His liver had holes all through it because of the aguardiente, fire water, moonshine. And do you know that we had laid hands on this Tomas? And God, one night, without telling us, he failed to advise us what he was going to do. He went there and he opened that man up. God did this. Took that liver out and put a brand new one in. And sewed him back up. Completely healed the man. Isn't that something? God is powerful. Went to the next house. There was a young man sitting there. He was sitting down. And I was looking at him. He looked kind of strange to me. This guy did. And I asked Brother Jim Baker, I said, what's his story? What's the matter here? And he looks kind of, he looks kind of like he's, he needs a little prayer. He's got devil. He said, Brother David, that's the guy that was chained up. He was chained to a post, naked, hair matted, and we laid hands on him and got healed. This is the healed version. I said, oh, excuse me. Went to the next house. <laughs> and we were sitting there. And this little old guy, he walks out, he's about seven, 16, 17 years old. And, and he's walking a little bit crooked, you know, a little bit funny. A little, just a little bit. Just walking out there. And I asked Brother Jeff, are we here to pray for him? No. That's the healed version. Because he had epilepsy. And what's the uh, multiple sclerosis? He was all twisted up. But now he's healed. He, he just barely shows it. Isn't that something? House after house after house after house after house after house. And you know what? You can go now and you'll never get to the end of them now. I'm not going to calm down. You're wrong. I'm right. Wow. What a prideful fellow. Maybe. I ain't never seen pride heal, heal multiple sclerosis, though. Because I've seen you lay hands on it and they stay in their wheelchair. You hear me? I've never seen psoriasis of the liver get healed because of pride. It's humility of the Spirit, Brother Hector. It's power in the Holy Ghost. It's tearing down idols. It's standing on the Lord's side. It's staying in the tabernacle of God. It's letting the presence of God fill you daily and staying with Jesus. That's what does it. Let me read you something out of Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. Now this is talking about Jesus. Hello, I asked you last night to strip yourself. Let me just show you what it says about Jesus here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. In the Amplified Bible, it says, He stripped Himself. Well, would you look at that? 
And last night, y'all thought I was asking you too much. Problem is, Jesus already did it, and He wants you to do it. So He can work through you. Stripped Himself of all privileges and rights and dignity, so as to assume the guise of a servant of a slave. And that He became like men and was in the form of a human being. And after He had appeared in, in human form, He abased and humbled Himself still farther. Carried His obedience to the extreme. Now see, there you go. That, now we got me. I'm an extreme. But the problem is, the guy I'm following already been there and done that. Do you get this? Do you understand, are you understanding what I'm trying to say here? It says, He carried it to the extreme. It says the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, therefore, because He stooped so low, God has highly exalted Him and has freely bestowed on Him the name that is above every name. See, that's this extreme. I'm talking extreme. To you, it seems way far-fetched. To me, it seems like life. To me, it seems like life. To you, it seems far-fetched. I'm telling you, it's amazing when I'm in a church service. It's hard to get used to the way y'all do things when I I realize you're a different people. I do realize that. But our people let the Spirit of God come on them. They strip themselves. They don't have much. They're the poor people of the land. And they don't have a whole lot. But they've got pride. They strip it off. One of the only things they have left, they strip it off so that the Spirit of God can flow through. You understand that? That's what Jesus taught us to do. That in and at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue, frankly and openly, confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus. Jesus. Look at me. Let's go over to uh, Ephesians. The reason we want to tear the golden idols out of our life, the reason we want to stand on Jesus' side, the reason, the reason, the reason, the reason we want to stay in the tabernacle of God is because you never know. When one of these principalities is going to come give you a visit. <laughs> you don't know that. You don't know when they come. So you got to be ready. Look here in Ephesians. I can tell y'all getting real scared. Because I'm going, I'm telling you too much. I can tell. So I'm going to back off of it a little bit. And share this Bible way in some lighting up some of these stories. Because you're getting a little nervous, I can tell. I can feel it. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1. The reason you need to keep yourself holy and clean, the reason you need to keep yourself stripped and humble, is not so somebody can say, God, man, of you, I don't look like anybody else. Look at me. I got on a nice pretty shirt. My wife's got on one just like it. Send them. I'm going to show them what you please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, we match a lot. The older we get, the more we're matching. 
It's the rock. It's just the rock. So I see there, Miss Hogan. Look, tell y'all see who she is. That's why. No. But you see, we 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 don't mind. we like to dress nice. It's not the point of dressing nice or not dressing nice. You don't show men your humility. You show God your humility. Do you understand? That's the point. And what He sees, God, what God sees in in private with you, in humility of heart, in honesty and integrity of heart, He will show openly in power in your presence. He will do it. He will do it. He will do it. Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Not long ago, I was in a village and those young girls just foaming at the mouth. Whoop, I said I was going to back off a little. I'll get, carry on, baby. Pow, carry on. <laughs> Woo, woo, woo. This girl was foaming at the mouth. Her teeth were gritting together. I don't like that. That's the devil. So what do you do? She's unconscious. People want her healed. She's epileptic, but she don't come out of these seizures sometimes for days, sometimes weeks. What do you do? Let me tell you. Really easy. Look, seriously. This is, I'm going to give you an easy one. What? You go over there, sit down on the bed, and you just rub her on the face. That's all you do. You don't have to say nothing. You don't have to do nothing. Can anybody tell me why? Because if I have stripped myself like I'm supposed to, if the idols are out of the way in my life, if I have stood on the Lord's side like I'm supposed to, if I'm in the tabernacle of God the way I'm supposed to on a daily basis, if the presence of God is in my spirit like I want it to be, like it ought to be, like God says it can be for all of us, if that's true, I don't have to say nothing. The anointing will say it for me. How about that? You know what's wonderful? is when you're sitting there, because I don't like that when people are tormented like that. I don't like it. And I'm just rubbing her on the face. And I'm just looking at her. You know, no intent in my heart. I'm not kidding you. It's, it's on, I'm honestly, I, I got nothing but honor in my heart for this girl. And all of a sudden her eyes just open up. The foam goes away. And she's fine. Just from touching her on the side of the head. Man, that is good. That is good. Look what the Bible says, all right? Let's look at the Bible. Ephesians 1, 17. You can ask Brother Greg. I bet I could, can't get away from this. Ephesians 1, 17 in Atlanta. The other day, we, we were there and I was sharing a little bit of this Ephesians 1 and some in Ephesians 2. And the Holy Ghost hit the place. Y'all, I don't know if you've ever seen this. Y'all don't allow it much here. But the Holy Ghost possesses people where we are. See, now that's a new term for y'all. You don't want to connect possessed with nothing. But I want you to know you need to be possessed by the Holy Ghost. You need to be overrun, overtaken, and overpowered, empowered by the Holy Ghost. I'm telling y'all, this guy, what's that guy's, I don't even know his name, what's the, the chainsaw guy. 
Huh? Opolinar, Apolinar. Opolinar. That's a strange name, too. Opolinar. This guy's sitting there, and the Holy Ghost comes in this fellow. And I'm looking at him. And I have to decide whether it's God or a devil, you see. And that's all. I decide it's God. And the way he was manifesting, you would have surely thought he was a devil. But if you stripped yourself, if you have humbled yourself in the sight of God, if you have torn the idols down, he'll let you know whether it's a devil or not. He'll let you know whether it's strange fire or not. Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah. People are so worried about that strange fire. I'm not worried at all. I'll just stand there and look at it for a few minutes. Just watch him burn a little bit. If it's burning, God will tell you if it's him or not. If it's a devil, that's easy to handle. <laughs> you just cut his fire off. Because you have bigger fire. Because you have better fire. You have Jesus' fire. So what he has don't count. Do you understand? This guy went, it starts to sound like a chainsaw. I, I wish I could make the motions. I'd do it for you. I'd run around like he looked like. I don't know what he was doing. I'll tell you right now. My little boy, Luis, he said, right there, stand up, Luis. Show him your pretty coat there that Landon gave you. There you go. There he is. That's Luis. Hey, I like Luis kept following him around all day. <laughs> I mean, mocking him. Oh, what about mocking? Is he going to quench the Holy Ghost? What's that little boy over there? It's not in his heart to quench the Holy Ghost. He's having fun with God. You're too spooky. But yet you can't release yourself to God. But you've got all the answers, but you can't get nothing done with it. Come on now. Let's strip ourselves before heaven. And let's stay in the tabernacle of God. And let's let the name of Jesus be exalted so that power can flow through us. Come on now. Woo! Carry on now. Ephesians <laughs> 1 17. It says, I always pray to the Lord God of the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of the glory. There's a reason why we're doing all this. There is a purpose. Okay? It says that He may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. You've got to have it. You've got to have it to function in the powers of God. Spirit of revelation on insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of Him, the Lord God, Father. We've got to have it, church. We've got to have it. We've got to have it, okay? In Jesus' name. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, we're going to open our hearts to the light of the gospel in Jesus' name. Is that all right? It says right here, so that you can know and understand the hope of which He has called you and how rich His glorious inheritance in the saints, His set-apart ones. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and, un and surpassing greatness of His power. 
So that's what it's all about. That's what we all are after right there is that phrase right there. We want that power. But you want it on your terms. And it's not going to happen on your terms. It's going to happen on God's terms. It's going to happen on God's ideas, God's will, God's way. That's what will happen. That's what will bring it to pass. And it says right here, verse 19, so that we can know and understand what an immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of His power in and for us who believe. I believe. Do you believe? I believe that He is right. I believe that He is right. <laughs> the other night it was really funny. My boy Louise tells me, he says, Daddy, it's time to go, time to go hunting. Because every night on our, on our house, we have a new house out on this ranch. You have to go hunting because every night there's scorpions and snakes and, and, and uh, tarantulas and uh, other critters that want to get in there and get you. So you've got to go hunt the devil. So we're sitting there, he and I are walking along. We're hunting. We're hunting for the devil. <laughs> oh, y'all don't like that term. <sighs> but you got to hunt him. What you going to do when you find him? You're going to stick a knife through it. <laughs> oh, that kind of war language really bothers y'all. It's a little charismatic idea. <laughs> you got to go get him. And you got to stop him. Because if you don't, he's going to get in there and hurt somebody. you got to make sure that the perimeter is sealed. And that the... De Listen, if you're going to secure an area, make sure you notify the enemy. Because <laughs> most people, they walk around their house, praise the Lord, I cleanse this place in the name of Jesus, praise the Lord. The devil bowls over you. I prayer walk this place in Jesus' name. I cleanse the airways in Jesus' name. And you did. Just long enough for them to regroup and blast you. you got to put a knife through them. And you got to put them on notice. This area is clean and you stay out of it. In Jesus' name. Y'all listening to me? Stir it up. Stir it up. Holy Ghost. Verse 20 says, Which He exerted in Christ. Talking about mighty strength. When He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His own right hand in heavenly places. Far above what? Yes. Now you listen to me. The reason you stay clean, stay stripped, stay humble, stay free of contamination. There's a reason for it. You've got to be the one that's standing in the gap and helping people. You've got to be the one that's calling out the alarm. You've got to be the one up on the watchtower at, at, on your tour of the night. And you've got to let us know when the enemy's coming. If you've got another God, or if you're not on the same, if you're a spy, we can get overrun. But they, some of us got gifts with discernment that can pick that stuff out <laughs> and slaughter it. Put the knife through it of the Word of the Lord. 
in Jesus' name. For above rules and authorities and powers, dominions and every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. I'll tell you the truth. The great Holy Ghost wants us to understand that His power and His authority is for us now. It's not some mist or some dream far off that's unattainable. It's attainable. You can possess it as you possess your soul. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Jesus. Holy Ghost. Jesus. Jesus. See, I get me these little followers. You hear these little followers? They start talking. See, I can't get nothing out of you. But the people I have to become like hear me and talk with me. See, I'm becoming like them. That's how come they respond to me. And that's the way I've got to be to enter the kingdom of God. My faith has to be of that of a little child. Doesn't it? Jesus. One more verse. Second Timothy. Jesus. Come on, Lord Jesus. Come on, Jesus. You see, I was standing there the other night. I was trying to preach. They wouldn't let me again. It really, it's really not my fault. I told them. I talk, I, I, I'm one of the ones teaching these people that when God comes, we need to know about it. This one guy whose daddy has, has, died, has died now, and, and he's in the gospel. He died in the gospel. Up in a place called La Cruz, his name was Hermano David, like me. He was Matocayo. But he was about 80 or 90. No, he was old. 80 years old, I guess. 85. And he was... I loved him. He was the roughest looking old mountain man. Ugh, he was just wild looking, long hair, straggly old beard, just a bent up old broken old ugly hat, patched up old clothes, wore, wore, wore uh made out of them tires, you know. Then they was 10,000 years old too, just like him. And he told his son when he was dying, he said, I want you to know my, my tokayo was right. That's me. He's talking about me. He said, he said, the gospel is real. He died. Boom. But his son took over. Started preaching the gospel. <laughs> Another day, he was sitting there. He comes up there, and I'm telling you, he looks like his daddy. I mean, he comes up there. He's kind of, kind of got that. He's got that ready walk. You know, he's ready. He's a mountain man. You're never off guard. You're always on guard. Always. He walks up there and he says, Quiero presenciar, hermano, Cristo. I want to stop here. I want to present Jesus. That's fine. I'm, I, even though it was my turn to preach. <laughs> so I just had to strip a little. That's all. You know, just strip a little. <laughs> you know what he said? He's sitting there, he's just talking to me like the rest of the people. It wasn't even there, there were hundreds of them. 
He's just looking at me. His hair is just long. It's all unkempt. It's, you know, a scraggly old beard. And he's just looking at me. He says, you know, Jesus came to me the other night. I said, oh, yeah, what do you have to say? He said, he touched me on the shoulder. And he said, see you me, my Follow me, my little brother. So he started following me. Jesus come to this crystal palace. He said, Brother David, I've never seen a palace before. He said, the reason I know it was a palace is because Jesus told me it was. He said, it was beautiful. He said, the, the right door, was the, the, the porton, the gate of the door of the house, was una rosa verde. He said, you'd walk up to that green flower, green rose, and it would open up for you if you were supposed to come in and let you in. He said, there was another gate. He said, it was a rosa, rosa, a pink rose. It was on the other side. And Jesus went in, and he said, you go tell Brother David and the brothers, but I'm waiting, it's time now to come to the Palacio Cristalina. He said, I had to tell you that because Jesus wanted you to know. <laughs> Ain't that something? Jesus has prepared us a place. I'm telling you, it's real. <laughs> it's real. You don't get there with golden images. You don't get there with golden calves. You don't get there if you're not on the Lord's side. You don't get there if you're not walking in the tabernacle of God. You don't get there. You don't get there. You don't get there if you don't open your heart to the presence of Jesus. You don't get there if you don't humble and strip yourself like Jesus did. You don't get there if you let the principalities and powers and dominions and authorities dominate and guide your life. You've got to let Jesus do that. Do you hear me? Now, we're going to read this right here, and then we're going to quit. Probably. We will. We will. Some of y'all didn't obey your pastor. You kept your watches on. I've been noticing you. Look at it. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 4. I'm reading out of the Amplified here again. And when I recall your tears, I yearn to see you. So that it may, be, may fulfill your joy. I am calling up memories of your sincere and unqualified faith. Listen. The leaning of your entire personality on God in Christ in absolute trust. So that's what we're going to do in just a few minutes. We're going to call these things up. <laughs> I'm sorry I use language like witch doctors do. I fight them every day of my life. But the problem is the Bible says call them up. We're going to call these things into being. We're going to speak them out of our mouth. And we're going to become warriors suited in God's power and authority. 
And we're not going to let it wane off of us. We're going to stay in the tabernacle. We're going to seek God's power. We're not going to let those idols get back in our lives again. We're going to fight them and stop them and keep them out. And stand against them. And we're going to stand up too and against the principalities, dominions, powers, and authorities, and rulers and governing spirits, whatever their rank is, and whenever they come. Jesus. 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 Leaning on your entire on, on on of your entire personality on God in Christ in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, goodness, faith that first lives permanently in the heart of your grandma, Lois, and in, the, and in your mother Eunice. And now I am fully persuaded that it dwells in you also. I am telling you, I can feel faith. I can feel it. I can feel it like you feel cold and hot. I can tell when it's around, it's here. Faith is here. Faith is here. I can feel it. I can feel when it's not there, too. I don't feel very comfortable. But you, the reason I'm there is to produce the faith. Think of that. Faith in the name of Jesus. Think of that. That is why I will remind you to stir up, church. You know, y'all. some of y'all are satisfied to pray in tongues for five minutes and say, man, I have really done something for God today. You know when I'm satisfied? I can't remember when I've been satisfied. I'll get home, I'll tell them I was <laughs> evening. I was sitting there, I was, so, I was spitting mad, boy. And I had just experienced us getting several dozen brand new villages. I had experienced, I'd just been around people that I didn't even know had been raised from the dead. God had supernaturally come, Jesus came and touched them and raised them himself. Yeah, two of them. And I mean, I'm sitting there and I've listened to these great miracles. I mean, I'm talking about these cancers that are falling off and out of people. Every time we touch them, they get healed. I mean, uh, the rate, the percentage is so high now. It's, it's just amazing. It's just scary to all of us. To all of us. We're all walking in fear because it's such a great power been unleashed on us from God. And we're walking in this. And I'm sitting down in my little Indian chair in my room. And I'm looking at my wife. And I'm telling her, I am one of the most unsatisfied men, unfulfilled that you've ever met. And she just looks at me, shakes her head. But what about this and this and this? Yeah, that's great. But i got to have more. See, it's God that gives you the craving to seek Him. It's God that gives you the energy to love Him. It's God. It has nothing to do with you. I'm going to tell you right now. Every one of us are failures. But with Him, we're victorious. Jesus. That is why I want to remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, Fan the flame of. Keep it burning. 
the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of hands, my hands, with those of the elders at your ordination. I want you to hear me. God wants you to stir up that fire in you, regardless of how much is burning in you already. You need more. You know, our work is getting somewhere close to 300. Ed's been raised in our work. 300. That's phenomenal. I don't know where it's going to go. Probably until Jesus comes back there, there will be several thousand people raised from the dead in our work. I know there is going to be. And you, and you know what? That's success. I feel that success. But I want some more. And I will get it. I'll get it. I'm going to stir it up. I'm going to fan it. I'm going to put some more wood on the fire. I should visit the lane here, manito. Ah, there's enough firewood for everybody. Cristo was able to be there. For God didn't give us. This is what you don't have. This is what I'm not going to live with. You listen? <laughs> I can't live with this. If you want the power that I'm talking about, this is what I'm not going to live with. God didn't give it to us. So that means it comes from the devil. I'll vocally say that because it's the truth. God did not give us a spirit of timidity. Well, that's just my character. No, it's not. It's a demon. Sent there to shut you down, stop you, hamper you, hinder you, and shut the powers of, of the gospel out of your life. God didn't give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice. God didn't give us a spirit of of craving and cringing and fawning fear. But God has given us a spirit. You ready? We got a spirit. Here it is. You ready? Spirit of power, of love, and of calm and well-balanced mind. Discipline and self-control. That's what the Holy Ghost has given us. And that's what we're going to walk in. And that's what we're going to live in. And that's what we're going to experience in the name of Jesus. And we're going to call that up right now. Is that okay with you? Let's do it. Come on, stand up. Stir it up. Call it up. In the name of Jesus. Excuse me, I'll be right out your way. Jesus. Holy Ghost. Go ahead, please. I don't know where she went. Come on, Jesus. Gracias, hermana. Come on, Jesus. Jesus. How y'all all doing? How you doing? Doing real good? I told you you would. And it's going to do better. Who's your friend? How many brothers and sisters y'all got? That's it, eh? All right. Jesus' name. You love Jesus, my brother? Me too. Me too. Your sister got born again last night. 
She got touched by the power of the Spirit of God. I mean, she really did. It scared her a little bit. But you know what? This is my, this is my opinion. You need to fear God. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Whoa, y'all are eager bunch, aren't you? So am I. I'm a hungry bunch. I'm going to kindle the flame. I'm going to put wood on my fire. I'm going to go get it and do it myself. There are a few people that will help you do it. There are some. But... Yep, there's one or two around. Holy Ghost. Chief, I know say that one. Come on, Holy Ghost. Oh, thank you. That's one of them powerful guys. This is what I need you to do. I need you to recognize your need for Jesus, first of all. Because of who we are, we need Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We call on you, Lord Jesus. We have thanksgiving in our hearts. We lift up our petitions to you, Lord Jesus. Whatever your sickness or disease is, lift it up before the throne of God right now, will you? Call it out. Call it out to Jesus. He loves you. He wants to touch you. He wants to heal you. He wants to give you freedom and peace. Jesus. 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 ourselves and put in humility in its place. Let's take away arrogance and pride, okay? Let's give ourselves over to the great Holy Ghost. Let's bind any principality and power and ruling and governing spirit against us.
ਸ਼ੁਭਕਾਰਤਾ ਨਿਸ਼ਤੇ ਨਿਆਸਤਾ ਤੂੰ ਮੇਰੇ ਸਲੂਨਿਕੋ ਦੀਗਨੋ ਸਿਗਨੋਰ ਇਸਾਲਵਾਦੋ ਕ੍ਰਿਸਤੋ ਸੇਲ ਕੇ ਵੀਵੇ ਕ੍ਰਿਸਤੋ ਸੇਲ ਕੇ ਵੀਵੇ of the holy ghost stir up the gifts and powers and call to god in your life we call down fire on that button right there. Put fire in it. Fire in the spirit. Put it on it. Fire! Touch this young man right here. Put the power of God in it. Put the fire in God. That's my idea. <laughs> I don't care. I'll let him play. heaven fire is the fire of the gospel fire that's what I want to hear that's right fire of the gospel say what it is Heaven touch all daddy. Heaven touch each one of y'all in this family. Shakatane! Come on, girls, get these here up here. Fire! Fire of the gospel! El Espíritu Santo la va a tocar. El Espíritu Santo la va a ayudar. 